fascinating study that God, because he loves life, because he loves health, because God wants to make sure his people are safe and they know the difference between what's holy and unholy, what's pure and impure, he says things like if you touch a dead body, you need to wash, change your clothes, you need to stay away from everybody else so nobody else might potentially catch what you have until later. And I think that's really, really awesome that the Lord would tell his people that this was long before studies on cleanliness. Before there were studies on the spread of disease and infection, God had a plan to protect his people. On today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel shares that God showed his love for the Israelites by giving them laws that promoted health and cleanliness. Because they obeyed these laws, sickness and disease didn't spread as easily. Pastor Daniel reminds you that God cares for the whole person. So your health is important to him too. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 as he continues his message to eat or not to eat. The simple principle that's applied, that can be applied by anyone, is namely if the animal has cloven hooves and chews the cub, it's suitable for human consumption. It's that simple. So something like a horse, a horse doesn't have cloven hooves, unacceptable. So any animal that has cloven hooves and chews the cud, that's like the general principle, and then it breaks down from there. So that's pretty much the way for land animals, that's as simple as it gets. And then we get into a couple specifics, of course, something like the camel, because the camel... It chews the cud, it doesn't have cloven hoods, so you can't eat that. The rock hyrax, which, again, some of these, it's also could be translated rock badger. Um, anybody here ever eat camel or badger? I never have. I've never met anyone who has either, but they're saying it chews the cud, it doesn't have cloven hooves. The hair, so no rabbit, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves. And verse 7, the anti-bacon verse right there. It says, in the swine... Though it divides the hoof, having cloven hoods, yet does not chew the cub, it is unclean to you. The flesh you shall not eat. So it's amazing that Leviticus 11 outlaws bacon uh, as part of the kosher law. Now, again, like I said, we're not under the food laws now. All is to be received with thanksgiving. So bacon on, brothers and sisters. As people were like, yeah, you know, but... But hey, you know, it's funny. I have a, a good friend who's an Orthodox rabbi, and, and we always talk about these things. And my son, no bacon? And he's like, let's not talk about it, you know? <laughs> he's like, let's not. And I'm just, I'm just like, man, no, no shrimp. We're going to get to that in a second. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. And so, so, but you have to realize that both circumcision and the dietary laws were the two most observable differences between the children of Israel and everyone else. And we can't miss the fact that, that in that culture, we're going to see certain of these animals are prohibited because there's a high potential for those animals to be, to, to carry diseases. Like when we get to fish in a little bit, we're going to see that any fish that doesn't have gills 
and fins is, is not unedible. So anything that's a bottom feeder. Because they eat the scraps of what's left over on, on the, the sea floor. And so you have to realize that God is very, very concerned for the children of Israel. You got to realize they didn't live in our culture where everyone's got hand sanitizers and soaps and you put bleach to clean up your house and all these crazy, and you soap up every day. It wasn't like that. And so one of the ways God preserved his people was to give them a lot of complex health-oriented things, including the things that they ate, including the things that they ate. And you have to realize this was before ice boxes, you know, and so what happened is imagine you have an animal, and I don't know all the details of, you know, what's God got against the hair except for the fact that they, they don't chew the cut or whatever. But you don't, we don't quite realize that in their culture, this was long before you had freezers and ice boxes and this and that. And, and I, it, some, I read some scholars who were saying that some of these laws are enacted simply because some of these animals decompose quicker based on certain other factors. And so there's, there's a lot more in here. I don't want to give you too much speculative stuff because I like to try and keep it pretty close to what I understand it to be. But there is a lot of research out there about, oh, well, this animal... If you do this, and, and uh, pig's meat actually decomposes more quickly for these reasons. And, and so it's fascinating. But a lot of this is about God's desire to preserve his people in a healthy state so that they could be his witnesses to the nations. And so, and we all know that, especially with the way that we eat, that's a huge component to our, our general health, isn't it? People, you know, I have a, a friend who's a, who's a doctor, and he says, yeah, he's like the number one the number one factor other than genetics that, that plays into somebody's health is their diet. It's the number one factor next to genetics. What we eat, what we consume, it's what fuels our body for good or for evil. And so it's a fascinating thing that God gets right into this. Now, also, verse 9, we move to fish. Look what it says. These you may eat, verse 9, of all that are in the water, whatever in the water has fins and scales, Whatever in the seas or in the rivers that you may eat, but all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have fins and scales, all that move in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. They shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. Whatever in the water does not have fins or scales, that shall be an abomination to you. So notice, just like we saw that it needs to have cloven hooves and chew the cud for land animals, for fish, the most basic principles, fins and scales. Why? They free swim. Because they free swim, they're not stuck in certain places. They, they can move around freely. They, you know, you all know that if freestanding water has a much higher likelihood of having all sorts of bacteria because it's freestanding. So the idea is, is that because these animals have fins and gills, they can swim around, they can swim to cleaner places, and they're not constrained to being bottom feeders or staying in one spot where there's a higher likelihood of the potential for parasites, diseases, and the like. So again, if you think about it, because fins and scales, this would preclude lobster, crabs, shrimp, and a whole bunch of other fish that we all say, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And I love me a good shrimp scampi. I'm not saying someone needs to bring me one, but I do love me a good shrimp scampi. Man, I can make a pretty good one too, but that's a side point for after service. 
Verse 13, we move from fish to birds. Notice, and these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the kite, the falcon after its kind. Every raven after its kind. The ostrich and the short-eared owl, the seagull and the hawk after its kind. The little owl, the fisher owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, and the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron, after its kind, the hopo, and the bat. Now, why all these? Now, again, you, you, we do struggle in these words in the Hebrew. When you translate them over, what do they actually mean? Are these birds natural to this area and that? Really what it boils down to is, is the main rule of thumb is that God does not want people eating birds that eat dead carcasses. That's pretty much where it boils down to. Now, why would God not want you to eat a bird that eats dead carcasses? Again, because when a bird eats dead flesh, there's a higher likelihood of parasites and disease. And when I say, hey, anybody want to eat a bird that just ate a whole dead carcass sitting on the side of the road? Everyone's face goes like this. But what's the, you got to realize that before Safeway and Costco and Fred Meyers and whatever your favorite place that you chucks or whatever, before all these things, people just ate what was around and so God, because he loves his people, saying, look, I don't want you to eat birds that are going to eat dead animals that have a higher likelihood of getting you sick. Because when we are sick, we're not strong. And let's be honest, when we're sick, nobody really feels all that spiritual anyway, except for the, oh, God, help me. Oh, Jesus, get me better. You know, and it does make for good prayer, but no, nobody's really getting at God's kingdom when they're feeling lousy. Amen. So, so God cares about our health, and you find it in, in 3 John. I love to hear that my children are in health. And so I don't want to have some, you know, we have to be careful because we live in a day and age where this kind of health and prosperity gospel, they call it, where it's like if God, if, if you're God's kid, then you're, you're going to be perfectly healthy, and if you're unhealthy, it's because you don't have enough faith, and you're going to be more wealthy than you ever imagined because you're a child of the king and God rolls that way with his kids. I don't believe that's the gospel. I believe the gospel says in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But we do have a part to play in our own bodily health. And we can't, you can run 10 miles every day, and if, and if you're, God's only giving you 30 years of breath, then that's all the breath that you're going to take. But we want to be as, as healthy, as vibrant as we can for as long as we can, because the work that we do is the work of the Lord, getting at the things of his kingdom. So God has a desire for us to be healthy. That he wants us to be vibrant and ready to serve him at a moment's notice. And so it's interesting that the prohibition against birds, it's almost completely about you're not allowed to eat birds who eat dead animals on the side of the road because they would be unhealthy for you. But notice, chicken's totally legit here. Turkey's totally okay. No problem. So Thanksgiving, kosher, as they say. Verse 20. Everybody's favorite part, moving to insects. All flying insects that creep on all fours shall be an abomination to you. And all the people said, amen. Yet these you may eat of every flying insect that creeps on all fours. Those who have joined legs above their feet with which to leap on the earth. These you may eat the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, the grasshopper after its kind, but all other flying insects 
which have four feet shall be an abomination to you. Okay, now, this is weird, but this is not our culture, so we're just going to go, we're going to roll with it. So, flying insects that walk on all fours, such as pests, like cockroaches, flies, and mosquitoes, they're no-nos. And I know that you guys aren't going for those anyway, so we're not really worried about that. But it's interesting that in the Far East, in those days, locusts, grasshoppers, they were eaten for food. You can read for not only, I mean, we read John the Baptist, he was a weird cat. He had a weird fashion sense, leather belt, he ate locusts and honey. He was down with that stuff. We all read that, we're like, dude, that's really freaky. But if you read biblical literature and extra biblical literature, you find that grasshoppers and locusts, they're like treats in that day. They're like Fritos. Now, I'm not saying you got to eat them, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. So if, listen, if you're ever out in the Near East and you get like some chocolate covered grasshoppers, I say, you know, say in Jesus name, I hope I don't die. And you eat that stuff because I, you know, Pastor Jack, our XP in ministries, he's kind of a, he's a wild man. We love him, you know, and he has some stories. He was telling us about eating a mango with ants that had eaten mangoes and some delicacy in a country that he was in. And it sounded really nasty, but I can respect a guy who, when he's in someone's country and they bring out a delicacy like um, mango-fed ants, and he just chews those babies down. I'm just, I can say I can I can respect a man like that. I don't want to kiss him after it's over, but that's a whole other discussion. We pray for Sammy, his wife, you know. But I bring all this out to say that in the Near East, locusts, grasshoppers, crickets, all good. So. I guess if you're ever hungry and you're lost in the wilderness, you'll be happy that you heard Leviticus chapter 11. Moving on, verse 24. By these you shall become unclean. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them, that is unclean until evening. Whoever carries part of the carcass of any of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. The carcass of any animal which divides the foot but is not cloven-hooved or does not chew the cub is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. And whatever goes on its paws among all kinds of animals that go on all fours, those are unclean to you. Whoever touches any such carcass shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. It is unclean to you. So now we have different animals that are unclean. And really what it boils down to is every time it's about touching a dead carcass. So you have to realize, again, God is very concerned with cleanliness. You know, that old saying, cleanliness is next to godliness. And so if you touched a dead carcass, I mean, like I I threw some chicken on the grill for dinner and I walk in the house and Lynn just like, go wash your hands. And it's just chicken. You know what I mean? It's like, but she realizes that if I have chicken, uncooked chicken on my hands, salmon, there's Salmonella possibilities, all these things. And so in the same way, God is telling his people, look, every time you touch a dead carcass, you need to go wash. You need to wash your clothes and you're unclean until evening because you have to realize that in a culture that's not like ours, that's not an antiseptic culture, all of these diseases pass very, very quickly. See, it's one of the benefits of living in a culture like we do with the amount of prosperity that we have that diseases, simple diseases like foodborne and 
carcass-borne diseases get cut off because most people wash their hands. If you touch something, you wash your hands, and it, and it cuts it off. And so God is instituting these basic hygiene measures into the children of Israel. If someone touches a dead carcass, they have to go wash, they have to change their clothes, and they're not allowed to rejoin the people as not to spread it until the evening because God realizes after you wash and all this stuff, take some time, let it all dry out, you're going to be clean, and that sickness is not going to run through the people. And what's fascinating, if you look throughout history, things like the bubonic plague, the children of Israel, because they followed these laws, did not get those things. They're actually... If you read the history of the bubonic plague, the children of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were actually accused of starting the bubonic plague because they didn't get it. The reason they didn't get it is because they weren't touching these unclean things. And if they did, they were watching and they're staying away. And so it's a fascinating study that God, because he loves life, because he loves health, because God wants to make sure his people are safe and they know the difference between what's holy and unholy, what's pure and impure, he says things like, if you touch a dead body, you need to wash, change your clothes, you need to stay away from everybody else so nobody else might potentially catch what you have until later. And I think that's really, really awesome that the Lord would tell his people that. This was long before studies on cleanliness and how disease spreads and all these things, long before it. But God is telling his people, I want you to take care of this because I want you to take care of yourselves because you are my people. And as I am a holy God, I want you to be set apart holy people. So, very fascinating. Moves on. Verse 29. These also shall be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth. The mole, the mouse, and the large lizard after its kind. The gecko, the monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until evening. Anything of which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is an item of wood or clothing or skin or sack. Whatever item it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water and it shall be unclean until evening. Then it shall be clean. Any earthen vessel into which any of them falls, you shall break and whatever is in it shall be unclean. In such a vessel, any edible food upon which Water falls, becomes unclean, and any drink that may be drunk from it becomes unclean. And everything on which a part of any such carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether it is an oven or a cooking stove, it shall be broken down, for they are unclean and shall be unclean to you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern in which there is plenty of water shall be clean, but whatever touches any such carcass becomes unclean unclean and if a part of any such carcass falls on any planting seed which is to be sown it remains clean but if water is put on the seed and if a part of any such carcass falls on it it becomes unclean to you so it's interesting because once again you have more more animals that and more circumstances where cleanliness is at stake not only there's things with insects But there's also several other types of animals, moles, mice, lizards, geckos. If one of these things are dead and they touch any type of food, if they touch anybody's clothing, on the skin, on a sack, all of it, everything needs to be clean. And I mean, we know this, right? Anybody ever have a mouse in their cupboard? Yeah, you throw all that food out, right? If you're smart, you do, right? 
Why? Because you're like, man, that thing carries some parasites and I'm not eating any of that. And it's funny that that's just common sense. You don't need to think a lot about it. You're like, yeah, if there's a mouse in my, in my cupboard, all that stuff's going away. If you find a mouse, found mouse droppings in the cupboard where all your, your dishes are, what do you do with all the dishes? You wash those things twice probably, right? Just in case. Why do you do that? Because you realize that that can carry parasites and diseases. Same thing, same thing. Anytime, if it falls on, it falls on wood, clothing, skin, or sack, whatever item it is in verse 32, in which any work is done, it must be put in water. It must be washed. And it shall be unclean until the evening. And then it shall be clean. So again, you have all these ways for the children of Israel to, to stay safe. To stay clean. Listen, any earthen vessel. So any sort of a, a box or a cup or a plate, any of these things. If it falls, it's unclean. If there's any edible food, that's unclean. It's all common sense. Now what's interesting, in verse 36 we get some potential like, well, what about this? If there's a cistern or a spring, so if there's a place of running water. So it's like, imagine you have a well and all of a sudden, you know, a uh, a mouse dies and you fish it out. Should we stop up the well? And the answer is no, but you need to let it run for a while. You know, if it's something that produces running water, it's saying, look, it'll be clean again. You just need to give it some time, which, again, would be smart, right? If you found, like, a, a mouse in your water pipe or whatever, you would get that mouse out and you put... I mean, that sounds nasty, so don't worry about that, please. I I've never heard of it. I'm just making it up as we go, but... You know what I mean? It's like, but if you knew that, you're not going to be like, I'm never going to drink out of that fountain again. Or maybe you might. You might be like, well, forget that. I'm going to use the, the purified water on the refrigerator or whatever. But the idea is that in a cistern, if there's planted seed that's already been watered, which means it's the beginning of germination, then it would be considered unclean. If it's seed and it's just touched a dead animal, but it hasn't been watered at all and there's no germination, it's okay. So again, all of this is just about simple hygiene, simple cleanliness. Now, verse 39. And if any animal which you may eat dies, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. He who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. He also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. Now, contact with carcasses of clean animals that died of natural causes was also forbidden. Because remember, each one of these has been about an unclean animal. Now it's saying, look, if you touch a carcass of a clean animal that died naturally, you're still considered unclean. So even though you're allowed to eat it, if it's dead and you touch it, there's a possibility of there being parasites of whatever sort, and you're not allowed to do it. Notice, there's also the prohibition about eating of a carcass that's been dead already. So the idea is if you're out hunting and you find a beautiful deer that's already been shot and laying there, God said, don't eat it. Jesus is real. We're so glad that you joined us for today's study. As you continue to look closely at the Old Testament dietary laws, God's loving care for his people was seen over and over again. Pastor Daniel shared that not only were there laws about what the people could eat, but also about touching animals that were already dead. You learned that these rules protected the Israelites from getting sick and spreading it to others. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. 
I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that the Israelites were always welcomed back into their community after they were cleansed from touching unclean things. In the same way, you are received into God's family when you accept Jesus into your life. God is always waiting to cleanse you of your sins and invite you back. You'll see that you don't have to live in shame, but can be included in God's family. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Cleansing. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.